But this morning was just absolutely incredible. And it was my message, and it is what the Lord has been speaking to me, and that he's been working in my life, and it is our message is Christ. And what he's been saying to me is that don't allow life to hide the message or to hide your destiny, because life can be a big storm, and it's reality and it's fact. And there's a lot of sand and storm and smoke and mirrors, and it takes away what life is really about, and it's Christ, and Christ is our message. So I'm going to read from Colossians 1, um, and it is from verse, I think it's 26. There's a divine mystery a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. You are his perfect one in Jesus Christ. And the three things that I want to highlight from that passage is Christ is our message. Our message is to awaken hearts, and we are his perfect one in Christ. The Amplified says, that we may present every person mature, fully grown, fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ. And that is your position. The book of Ephesians talk about us seated in Christ, walking and living in him and standing our ground. So it starts off with you being seated in Christ, and that was actually before the foundation of the world, so you didn't have anything to do with it. He has called you before the foundation of the world, and he called you, and he took you, and he said, you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. That is where you are. Whether there's life, whether there's storms, that's where you are. You are seated in Christ. Then he says, now in Christ, you will now learn to walk in Christ. Because now you walk out that and you walk in holiness and you walk in love and you walk worthy of him, but you are walking in him while you are seated in him. And then while you are seated and you are walking, you are also standing your ground. So when the storm comes and the enemy is shouting, you are standing your ground because you are standing in him. Because you are seated in him and you are walking in him. You try and figure that out. <laughs> but that is the truth. 
So just that's just examples, all in Ephesians 1, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, that we were made holy by being one with him, and that our Father lavishes his love upon us. It is just amazing. He lavishes his love on us because he sees us wrapped, wrapped into Christ. He chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself before the foundation of the universe. It was always his plan to adopt us as his delighted children. We are God's own inheritance. That even before we were ever born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. The plan and the purpose and the blueprint for your life was before the foundation of the world. He saw you and he called you by name. And he knew the storms and he knew everything, but he said, you are seated in heavenly places. I was listening to somebody speak the other day, and they shared the testimony of a guy that is 78 years old. And the guy was saying, I just have to say how faithful God is. He is just so amazing. He is so faithful. And he said, when I was a young man, God said to me that you will go to the nations. He said, I'm 78. I've just done my first missions trip to Mexico, by the way. And I'm saying, 78, and he's done his first missions trip. Really? We're never too old. You're never too old for the design and the purpose and the plan that God has put in your heart. So while we are seated, we learn to walk as God is transforming each one of us into the holy of holies. We are the holy of holies. Where he lives, where he comes and he transforms us by being in us. Okay, I'm losing my place. Letters are too small. Uh, where am I? Holy of holies. And it is his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. We don't even have to do it ourselves because we actually can't. It's the Holy Spirit. He just wants our yes. He just wants our obedience. And he's doing it. Holy Spirit is quickening and awakening our hearts to realize that some of the stuff that seems so important or powerful are not. Because we belong to him. We have been bought and paid for. And just uh, something that the Lord is really reminding me of lately is um, quite a number of years ago, we really went through a hectic time. Life was big. Uh, storms were dark etc., etc., and in the process, my jewelry was stolen as well, and we were li living in Durban, and when it happened, my attitude was really, what else, you know, anyway, well, what is that, and, but there was, in my heart, I said, uh, I'm just, my pinky ring, the tiniest little thing, I'm sentimental about that, and I was like, you know, honestly, that was a bit not nice, so anyway, then we moved, and we had to be in Brackpan a while, and then we came back to Rudaport, and life moved on. And nine months later, um, we were always involved with the lions, not the roaring ones, the, no, the service, the rotaries. <laughs> 
and um, <laughs> me, no. <laughs> and so we had to go to an induction dinner. So it's all the three-piece suits and high heels and long dresses and all that kind of thing. And so we went, and as we're sitting at the, the supper table, and my husband had to rent a tux in Johannesburg. Now, I'm mentioning all these places to just give you the picture. So now we're back in Rudaport, and he's in the rented tux, and we're sitting there at the dinner. And he puts his hands in his pockets to take out a tissue, and he, as he takes it out, he looks at his hand, and he said to me, I had absolutely nothing to do with this. I do not know where this comes from. And it was my pinky ring. And... I looked at that, and I was, okay, well, it's definitely not an insurance scam, because then you wouldn't have picked the smallest diamond. But, and I looked, and I, and God reminded me, I heard it when you were hard sore, because it was something that you were sentimental about. And it's to show you that I'm in your process, and that I'm walking with you, and that I will never leave you or forsake you. And here it is. And it was just another testimony to his absolute incredible faithfulness. Nothing in our lives are insignificant to God. There's nothing that is happening and that you're involved with, so that doesn't happen or that does happen, that you need to feel that it's insignificant. I can't bother God about this. Or that he won't be interested in because you are in his heart. He called you by your name before the foundation of the world. I just want to read Ephesians 3, uh, 16 and 17. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might in explosive power, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. It's just incredibly, unbelievably powerful. We cannot allow life, the storm and the teacup, to take that away from us, who God is and what he's, who he's called us to be, his children. Because it's the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of our love so that we can walk in our divine calling and walk holy in a way that is suitable to our high rank, given to us in our divine calling, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrating gentleness and generous love toward one another. And in our walk, I want to... Courtney, come here. In our walk, I just want to demonstrate to you, it is His power, it is His holding grace, it is Him... It is him. If Courtney, don't fall, don't, don't test me. <laughs> but if Courtney wanted, got weak and tired and started falling, he's got her. Hold tight. Hold tight. <laughs> in Mexico, when you are walking there, you are held in him. 
He's holding you. He's going to walk you. He's going to steer you. He's going to just gently guide you. And you will walk in him to fulfill your call. And only Courtney can do what God has called Courtney to do. Only Grant can do what Grant has called to do. And the whole world won't collapse if you don't do what you're called to. But it, they will know that your voice was not heard. They will know that your song was not sung. They will know the cosmos, if you want to use that word. Your love is just the most beautiful thing. It just brings joy to my heart. The minute I hear it, you just release joy. And when you pray, there's nations that realign by the things that you pray. If it's a sigh from your heart and it comes out, it realigns things. And Robin, you've got a message in your heart. You just keep on writing. There's a message in your heart that people need to hear as well. Each and every one of you, each and every one of you, do not believe the lie of the enemy that you've messed up. Our testimony is Christ, not our past, not our future, not now. Our testimony is Christ. And I was just the one day, and the Holy Spirit said to me, how do you deal with pain? And I thought, okay. Uh, if I cut my finger, I put betadine in a plaster. If I burn my hand, betadine in a plaster. And etc. and etc. And he said, inside? And I thought about that, and I thought, okay, I love sozo, so I'll, I'll sozo myself. And he said, you know, when you deal with things on the outside, because you can see it, you nurture it. He said, but when it's on the inside, you nourish it, because you ponder it, and you want to understand it. And I suffer from the paralysis of analysis. I've got to understand everything. And it's like, okay, and this, and it's because of that. And he said, you then, you actually, you are nourishing it. Rip that plaster off. Let light and truth go in so that your message can just be Christ. So... And in every season, it's like you say, remind me, ask me, who am I to you in this season? And I was like, really, Ooh, the storm was big, much bigger than my message. And he, I said, God, who are you to me in this season? He said, I'm the God that sees you. And he's saying to you, he is the God that sees you. And there's times where you're sitting like Hagar in the wilderness and you don't even know how to give water to your child. But he is saying, I'm sending the angels to look after you and to help you because I am the God that sees you and knows your name. And I call you by name and your song will rise up and be heard because our song is what is within us. Christ has set me free. That is my song, even if I don't have a voice to sing. Christ is my song because he is the one that set me free. And when we have an encounter, that encounter comes to us, and it's chock-a-block full of seeds. 
that we can receive and we must work with and we must do something with. And encounters not just to give you goose flesh and to rattle and roll and have a fabulous moment and tell everybody and when two weeks later you've forgotten all about it. There's a process that must now come out of that encounter because it must change you. You must become that message. You must share that truth through your life. And I had an encounter a year ago, and one of the things was I was given a key. And it was lovely. Anyway, I put it all down, and life happens, and life goes on. And three weeks ago, while we were in worship, I saw that key, but now the key was in my heart. And when I was thinking about that, I felt Holy Spirit say to me, you have walked this process and it's become from a key that you received over there to understanding in your heart. And as understanding and revelation comes, you're now walking it out. And there were other things in there, and I'm realizing that things that happen, it's a process. Those different things are working out. Um, where are we? Then we come to Standing. Ephesians 6.10 says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your love union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Then it talks about the armor, being clothed in Jesus. And verse 13 says, Therefore, put on God's complete armor, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place, stand therefore, hold your ground. And verse 18 says, pray at all times on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit with all manner of prayer. We can stand in his strength. We do not have to be overwhelmed by life. You know, I cannot part the Red Sea. And God never told, I nearly said Abraham, I don't think he was there. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> God never said to Moses, Moses part the Red Sea. He said to him, extend your rod. And God parted the sea. He never told the Israelites to storm Jericho and try and push those walls down and keep on hammering and running and shouting. He said, walk in silence until you have to raise your song. And you know, to me it is, I cannot part the Red Sea, but I can be obedient. I can just lift a rod. I cannot let the op come against the opposition and ram them and run against them and shout and carry on and let this these walls be so huge and big in front of me. But I can just walk in silence. And I can walk in silence because I am seated in Christ. Then I can just walk silent and look at who he is. And then I can stand before the walls and I can raise my song. And there's just a story that I want to, because everything that I said now, you've actually heard from the moment that we started um, worshiping. Because to me, it's like God is really awakening our hearts to the time and the season and what is happening. And he's looking for just obedience, just our yes, because it's Holy Spirit in us that will actually do that. 
And I listened to Ray Hughes. Uh, Jane mentioned him the one Sunday, and I went to and Googled him, and I just love him. And he was sharing a story about, because he has just bought uh, or been given a redwood guitar, Brazilian redwood guitar. And so he was sharing the story of these uh, redwood trees. And being from the Brazilian rainforest, the last time they harvested those trees was in 1936, because now it's protected. They're not allowed to go and cut those trees or anything like that. So he said, so those trees were harvested in 1936, and then in 1937 they were now stripped and chopped and whatever, and they were put on a, a, a boat to go to Denmark to the king's palace, and they were going to make furniture. Then there was a huge storm just off the coast of Spain, and the boat sunk. And for 50 years, it was lying at the bottom of the ocean, and those wooden logs actually immersed in the sand, like in a grave they were there. So 50 years later, somebody finds this boat under there and started excavating the stuff, and, and they find this wood. And I thought, wow, this is amazing wood. So they recognized the value of that wood. So they took it and they sent it to a place called Sisters in Oregon in the States. And in the town of Oregon or the outside of Oregon, this town called Sisters, there's three mountains, faith, hope, and love. And in that town, they use the wood and they make musical instruments. And you buy the cheapest guitar. It's, six, it's 86,500 rand. And it can go up to 700,000 rand, a guitar. Because they've realized that you will not get that wood again. That they are the, the, just the... The quality of that wood brings out and releases a sound that nothing else, no other thing can or would release that sound. And they have found their true place to release a sound that is amazing. And I think each one of you are like that redwood guitar. You have a unique sound that only you can bring forth. You are totally unique. And God, before the foundation of the world, recognized your value and your worth. And he gave it to you. And he bought a price. He bought a price, and it's much, much more. It was his everything. And you are worth much more than 700,000 rand. And do not let anybody or anything tell you that you are worth less. Because there's some of you that in your hearts, you can't even believe your worth. Because whatever it is that has happened, it's in the past. Your message now is Christ. But your worth has to be restored to Christ in you. So that you know that what God has said over you is the truth and not the things the enemy is accusing you of. So to me this morning is that, that awakening in our hearts is that some of you need to know who God is to you in your season. 
And that some of you, that song that is inside of you needs to be released. That song needs to be heard. It doesn't matter what it sounds like to the physical ear, that you have a sound of triumph that is inside of you. A sound of that you've, you can overcome because you've been bought and paid for. I just want to um, pray and and just Father each one of us I asked this morning that even as we said yes to your fire I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will just let that oil rise within each one of us so that your fire can just burn and that the sound of victory can be released in each heart. Because, Lord, as we sing, the lion roars. As we sing, the lion roars and darkness flees. As we sing, Lord, even if it's a whisper, even if it's just, Jesus, you hear the smallest whisper in every heart. And you respond to that whisper. Our whispered yes draws your attention. And you respond and the lion starts roaring. And those things that are so overwhelming, Father, just it just... We see it for what it is because our focus and our attention and our eyes are on you because you, Jesus, you are our message. You are our victory. You are the answer to every longing of every heart. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you that you awaken each heart. And I thank you that every eye will see who you are to them in this moment of their lives and where there's hopelessness Lord you restore because it's Christ in us the hope of glory it is Christ in us the victory it is Christ in us that we overcome and I just thank you Father and we just raise our song and you roar and we thank you for your faithfulness and your beauty and your love, your amazing love. We just thank you, Jesus.